biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joel Levin. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Hey, it's Joel from The Hack Life. And before we get started, I wanted to announce I just dropped an eight-week program. It's a weight loss program for busy men who want to lose weight. Let's face it, man. When you lose weight, you're more confident. And when you're more confident, you go out and crush the world. We saw this year, 2020 to 2021, the pandemic really hurt us in a major way. And most people that were affected were people that were obese. So I want to end that. I want to make a difference. So if you're interested, DM me at Joel Evan Coaching. You can DM me on Instagram or you can text me. Or call me, text me, but uh, 415-951-3700. It's 415-951-3700. DM me. And before we get started, I've got a great show with you with my main man. He's a tax strategist, Carlton Dennis. But before we get started with that, uh, check out my latest sponsor, my wife. Um, I make snacks and treats that are all organic, gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, artificial flavor-free, all the frees. We love all the frees at Snack Mama. My first, uh, my rollout product is cookie dough in four different flavors. Um, Basically, it's self-care in a jar. Who doesn't want that, right? So if you want in on that action, you can follow me at Snack Mama and I will hook you up. Boom. Who doesn't want to get hooked up? So go to Snack Mama on Instagram at Snack Mama to get hooked up with some yummy treats. And now, without further ado, welcome to the show. All right, hey, what's up? It's Joel from The Hack Life, and I'm here with Carlton Dennis. He's a licensed tax strategist in all 50 states, and it's perfect timing because it's tax season. And welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Joel. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Hey, I thought uh, just to get things started, it'd be great to just learn. I, I know you were like an athlete in college and we got to talk a little bit on the side. I thought it'd be cool just to wonder like, how did you get into taxes? Like, why did you want to make that your life? <laughs> it's funny when I, um, when I get asked that question because many people think that tax accountants all have the same background of going to school to become accountants. I went to school and studied kinesiology, uh, got out of college and started a career in personal training. And I was doing modeling, made a ton of money self-employed, got into a huge tax pickle, went to visit my mother who's been running her tax and accounting company for 25 years, found out how to get out of the tax trouble, and then realized this was something I could offer to many people. And so that coupled with my sales skills, I started selling tax planning, got my tax license, became a Forbes member, and fast forward to now, I'm just working with a lot of uh, business owners like yourself, Joel, uh, real estate investors, and I'm helping them leverage the tax codes. Yeah, it's awesome. And I mean, for anybody who doesn't know you, you have some amazing content. You have, first of all, you have an amazing podcast, which I listen to every time a new episode comes out. It's super well produced. And uh, your page is just, your Instagram page is awesome and has a lot of great content. So thank you for what you do, by the way. Oh, man. Thank you so much. I'm a big believer in content. And uh, we had that pandemic last year in 2020, still uh, seeing that today in 2021. So a lot of the people who um, were already on the space. Um, of social media, they kind of benefited very greatly um, from having content. So I'm glad to see that you had your content already online too. Yeah, baby, we were rocking it. Yeah. Hey, um, really quick. So, you know, when I first met you, I was like, tax strategist, I'm a little confused. Like I have a tax attorney who does my taxes every year. 
So right. what what makes you different? Why would I go see you also? Or maybe not even go to my tax attorney moving forward. Right, right. Well, first off, I'm glad that you have a tax attorney or a tax accountant who's someone who's preparing the returns. As a tax strategist, I'm typically there when you're making financial decisions throughout the year. So between the months of January through April, many taxpayers are going into their tax attorney's office or their CPA's office to get their tax returns done. And that is simply just tax compliance, filing the tax return, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. However, you're already in the year where you're being taxed again. And so as a strategist, my goal is to learn a little bit more about the income you're expected to make so I can come up with strategies to reduce that taxable income. Very, very, very neat. Um, all right, so let's say I come into your office today. What is a, what's a typical session like? Like what, what should I expect? Like what are some things you might ask me? You know, I'm a, uh, for people that don't know what I'm doing right now, you know, I am a, a health coach, I have a podcast, and I also have a physical therapy business that I do electric stem therapy. So I come yeah. into your office, what should I expect? Yeah, of course. So first off, but what many people typically are used to when they go into a CPA's office is typically just immediately handing over documentation. Yep. The CPA wants to see the W-2s, maybe you have a mortgage interest statement, property taxes, and your tax returns from the last year. And part of the reason why they're taking all this information is because they're going to figure out how fast they can put together your tax return and what you're going to owe versus receive back in a refund. Whereas someone who's like me, a tax strategist, I may not immediately reach for your tax documents. I might just start asking you some questions and figure out why you decided to become a business owner, what your overall goals is with your business, whether you would picture yourself eventually having an exit strategy, whether you see yourself bringing on more employees, whether you like the amount of money you have coming into your company or not, or even if you see yourself eventually phasing out of your business and doing other things. When I start to understand a little bit more about who you are as a person, then I can shape what the tax codes offer to your lifestyle. And that becomes extremely fun. This is when I can start leveraging your children, placing them on payroll, writing off new vehicles and things like that, that maybe you would have never even discussed with your tax attorney or your CPA. Let's talk about that. The other day I jumped on the phone with you. We did a little clarity call and you asked me some, some tough questions. There was only three questions. Um, and one of them you said, you said, Joel, uh, you have children? I said, yes. And you, you said, great. Are you, are you, what did you say? Are you writing them off? I forget what you said. I said, are they working in your business? Are they working in your business? And what did I say? You said, no. Why I said, would I do that? I, I said, nope. Why would I, do, I, why would I do that? And you said, why are you, what are you doing? Why so, wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? So yeah, let's talk about that just really quick. Like what are people missing out on? Like, like, I mean, I never, I've never heard of that. Like you can use your kids. What? Right. So uh, one of my favorite tax strategies is uh, putting children on payroll. And part of the reason why I like it as a tax strategy is because it's one of the tax strategies that not too many business owners knew or know that, that they can even do. And when you're thinking about having a child on payroll through your business, what immediately comes to your mind is, well, my kid isn't working. Right. Not, they right. may not even be of age to work. But what you have to realize is that the IRS tax code isn't written around what your child is or isn't doing. And so there's no rule that says your child has to perform labor inside of your business in order to be an employee of your business. And so a lot of our clients, after going through tax planning, they realize a lot of their children actually can be utilized in marketing and advertising. And then they also learn that the standard deduction 
is $12,400. So if you don't pay your kid over that amount, then they won't have to file a tax return and you won't have to pay payroll taxes for placing them on payroll. So in return, parents can get a $12,400 deduction for hiring their kids. And on the back end, the, the kids don't have to file a tax return or, or worry about payroll taxes. Okay, we got to hook up after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to hook up. Okay. Yeah, we could, we could definitely run that strategy. It's one of my favorites. In the month of December, we placed 77 children on payroll uh, beneath the age of 16. 77 kids. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, just so everybody in the audience knows. When we're, you and I are going to schedule a time afterwards, and we're going to, I'm going to have you look at my stuff, and then later I'm going to put that out in some type of post. So we're going to do something. I want people to see how much you saved me. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah. that sounds perfect. Yeah, That's we'll, do, we'll uh, break down the chart and show the analysis of the tax savings. It's going to be great. Hey, right. um, you know, something you mentioned it earlier, you said, you know, when I was getting out of college or whatever, you were modeling, you were doing all this stuff and you realized that I guess you were getting crushed by taxes, right? Like yeah. your, your income was just getting, you're like, I'm making good money, but I'm getting annihilated by these, uh, these taxes. Do you, um, do you, you know, there's a book called the Cash Flow quadrant that I read a, a long time ago. Do you, do you ever think after reading that or just in your own life, like people that don't have a business right now in 2021 are like, are they just missing the boat and like missing a lot of money that they could be tapping into if they had their own business and knew some of your strategies? Yeah. So first off, Joel, I love that you brought up that, uh, that book. If you guys haven't read it, uh, Cashflow Quadrants is by author Robert Kiyosaki. And pretty much what it talks about is um, the way you're taxed in life based on um, the type of income you make. Whether you're an employee, a small business owner, or an investor, you have different tax benefits. And one of the, the um, biggest pushes that we have in our office is trying to get the employee to understand that the government isn't in partnership with them. They're in partnership with small-based business owners and real estate investors, which is why there's more tax benefits for small-based business owners and real estate investors. So unless you do something to change your tax position, you will always pay the highest in taxes because if you work harder – then you're going to pay more in taxes. A lot of my clients always want to know, Carlton, what can I do to turn some of my everyday expenses, such as my cell phone, my, my home that I'm working out of, and my, my, my laptop into write-offs? Well, unless you have a small base business, these personal items can't become business items. So naturally, just by not having a business, you are losing out um, on the tax dollars you could save um, by converting some of your personal expenses into business expenses for write-offs. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and, and you know, just another thing, when we were talking about the tax attorney thing, you're hundred percent right. When I go get at my taxes, my tax guy is very good. He looks at my taxes, but it's kind of very transactional. If I ask him questions about tax codes and like, Hey, can I write this off? He's like, yeah, sure. You can do that. But he's not like actively looking for strategies for me to gain. And I just kind of want to let the audience kind of right. know that difference. That's, that's kind of, that's going to be a big difference. And so I'm excited when you get to look at my stuff and, you know, kind of see what happens. I look at it like this, Joel. <clears throat> it's like when we have injuries, right? Something could happen to us and let's just say we get into a car accident and we tear our knee. We aren't going to schedule a doctor's appointment with a heart surgeon knowing that we are going to need to get our ACL worked on, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And so I look at it the same way. You go into your certified public accountant's office to do what a certified public accountant does. They account 
for every item that goes inside of your tax returns so that there's no mistakes and that you have a completed return. They're good at that. But when it comes to, hey, should I be doing this or is there any other strategies, that's when you bring in the tax strategist, someone who specializes in leveraging tax laws, understanding your situation and coaching you on how to do it the right way so you don't get into a pickle with the IRS. With the, with the uptick in social media and influencers, that term, do, is, is that something that you work a lot with? Do you see a lot of people? Because something that's coming to my mind, if you're an influencer, which is fine, you could potentially, I could see you writing off almost everything. Is that, a, is that true or do you see that? Or like, how, do, how would you think about that? Um, it's a very unique uh, field to be in right now for a lot of my influencers. We have quite a bit of influencers. A lot of them are mainly on YouTube. And the reason why we like influencers is because influencers have the ability to turn um, expenses that would not be considered business expenses into ordinary expenses for their business, necessary expenses for their business, and they can even make those expenses reasonable for their business. Let me give you an example, Joe. We have, yeah. we have this client – um, who started a YouTube channel and all he wanted to do was rate watches. That's all he wanted to do was just talk about watches because he had a super big passion for watches. And he said, Carlton, if I start purchasing Rolexes and all these different items, it's going to start to get expensive. But if I use it for my business and my business is educating people about watches, would I be able to use these now Rolexes as equipment right. instead of a personal item? And I said, yes. So him purchasing Rolexes is now an equipment item inside of his business, whereas it might be viewed as a personal expense for someone who's not doing what he's doing, such as like a real estate agent who decides to buy a Rolex, right? So. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and how, and the IRS is, that's okay. That's like, that's kosher with, that, that lines up with everything. Yeah, it lines up with the tax code section 162A. What's ordinary and necessary to your business in the pursuit of income is a business write-off. So... Uh, that's wow. one of my favorite tax codes. That that's that's incredible. Like that's that's huge, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are missing the boat on something you know simple like that. Yes, they are. <laughs> what um you know is there an overall theme that you see in in general when people come? Is there like an overall strategy or tactic that is like consistently being missed by some of your your clients? Do you kind of see that over overall? Is there like a most common mistake being made? There, there definitely are. Um, it's just kind of like going into – I always revert back to doctor's offices. But if you think about it, if you're a doctor and you've seen um, you know, this virus over and over and over again, you're going to catch it every single time. You can almost sniff it out as it's waiting in your waiting room, right? And so I look at it the same way. We see so many business owners who uh, may be operating in the wrong entity structure. Maybe they uh, may need to switch over to an S corporation. That typically is the most biggest common uh, change that we make for clients is changing their entity structure. Um, but we also look at it as just putting a Band-Aid over the wound. Because once you're in a new business structure, there are tons of strategies you might be able to leverage inside of that business structure. So putting a Band-Aid over the wound of you already – Overpaying in taxes could just be simply changing your entity structure, but performing the surgery could be actually doing some tax planning with the tax strategist. That's huge. How should people think of, of entities? Is there like a, in general, like 
S Corp, you, sh- you, you know, health coaches, go to S Corps, real estate, go to C Corp, um, podcasters, you belong in LLCs. Is there any kind of rubric that you, you kind of see or, or is it? So to make it a little bit easier for the listeners today, because every single person's situation is different. I can't just say it's a one size fits all. And that if you're um, a health coach, you have to be an S Corp or if you're a real estate investor, you have to be in an LLC. But typically, if you're running a service-based business where you're earning income or you're selling products online, so there's ordinary income, Mm. that ordinary income is going to be subject to self-employment tax, which is a nasty 15% on top of federal taxes that go to the IRS and on top of state taxes if you're in a state that taxes. So that 15% can really be a bummer to a lot of new business owners. It's kind of like getting shot in the foot in your first year of growing your income. So in order to avoid that self-employment tax, we love to switch uh, clients out of the sole proprietorship or out of the LLC into the S corporation for service-based business owners. Now, if you have a business where you're earning passive income such as real estate investing – Typically, you're going to want to have that vehicle inside of an LLC because there's no earned income, which means there's no self-employment tax. So those would be the subtle differences between the LLC, the S-Corp. And if we invite the C-Corp in there, I'm typically talking to clients who are going public, who um, want an IPO, they want a business evaluation, they want to sell their businesses. And so the C-Corporation is a very clean vehicle uh, for taking in outside funding or for selling your business. That's, That's great. Yeah. You know, I want to ask you a, uh, it's a personal question. So, um, don't worry, it's not gonna be that personal, <laughs> but, uh, my tax guy, uh, I want to say maybe a year ago, I asked him about the LLC. I said, should I form an LLC? And he said, he said, no, Joel. He's like, you don't need it. I would just be for what you're doing. Just be a sole proprietor. He said, it doesn't offer any more protection. He's like, everyone thinks an LLC is going to give them all this protection. He's like, you can be sued just as much as like the next person. That's kind of the way he phrased it. And I was kind of left going, huh, that's not what I recall hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, does that how do, does that make sense to you? Or would you say, no, in, in your opinion, an LLC does offer a lot of protection. And it, it, you know. So when it comes to the LLC, I have to address that as yes and no. So when it comes to the protection, it absolutely offers protection in the form of liability protection. Whatever you put inside the LLC is what you're liable for in the event of a lawsuit, which means if Carlton and Joel have their own personal bank accounts and their accounts for their children and their college savings funds, in the event of a lawsuit to our business, they're not going to be able to come after our personal accounts and our children's uh, personal accounts. So there is that level of protection there. However, a lot of new business owners starting out, sometimes it may not make sense to establish the LLC right away because there's additional fees to having a business open. Um, Here in the state of California, the LLC fee uh, is about $800 a year. And then filing tax returns, you're going to pay anywhere between about $600 to $1,000. So a lot of our um, new business owners, we might have them operate as a sole proprietorship to show that they can earn income inside their business. And then we'll transition them to the LLC so they have that liability protection. Awesome. Thank yep. you, man. You answered that one perfectly. Absolutely. What are what are some ways you think people what are like I don't know, the top three ways someone can avoid an audit? Yes. So the number one way to avoid an audit is doing um, best practices of your bookkeeping and accounting. So this is probably the number one reason why so many people get into audits is one, they do their accounting late, so they miss they miscategorize their expenses or they miss expenses. 
Um, and two, they're not doing their bookkeeping and accounting in a fashion that serves their business. For example, we were talking about uh, the Rolex guy and how he has a YouTube channel and how the Rolex would be categorized as equipment in his business. Miscategorizing expenses inside of your business is one of the easiest ways to trigger an audit or putting expenses that are red flags to the IRS, such as miscellaneous. Uh, mm -hmm. Miscellaneous is a category on the tax return that you can utilize uh, for your expenses that you're not sure where to put them. I always encourage my business owners to figure out which categories you should put your expenses because if I see miscellaneous on the tax return, I'm going to question it as a tax strategist. And if I'm questioning it as a tax strategist, best believe the IRS is questioning it. And Joel, let's be honest, me and you both don't know what miscellaneous means. So <laughs> <laughs> there's an opportunity for there being some money there where you just happen to include some expenses that you weren't sure whether or not they were deductible or not. <laughs> so Yeah, that's, you got it. I mean, miscellaneous is like, I'm not sure really where to put this one. <laughs> Let's just hope they don't look at it too carefully. Exactly. And that's exactly what they're thinking. They're like, oh, they're, they're probably thinking that we're not going to look at this miscellaneous category over here. <laughs> but they're looking yeah. at it. They're looking, oh, at yeah. it. they're looking at it hard. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> hey, um, you know, uh, I know you're big into real estate. I I've big. had a lot of, you know, mentors and people that I've been around you know, it goes back and forth. You got someone like Grant Cardone, right? Who says, yeah. absolutely, real estate is it's the best thing ever. And then you've got other people like James Altucher, for example, who I just interviewed on my podcast. And he says, I would never buy real estate. It's a terrible investment, you know, because and his whole theory is because you have to put so much down, you lose a lot of that income. He's like, instead of doing that, go, go uh, build a business and, and generate income for years. Why are you going to mm -hmm. invest, invest it in a house? Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Um, I would have to say I don't agree. Um, All right. As a tax As a tax strategist, real estate is will always be the best asset class for your investments. And the reason why is not just because of the tax savings that I am going to explain. It's the ability to loan loan money at three percent and be able to earn a return at twenty five percent. Mm. I can't do that in the stock market and it takes time to build a business and I'm going to need employees and I'm going to have to pay payroll taxes for the employees. So if I'm in rental real estate, I can make a down payment, use OPM, other people's money to borrow the other half, earn a bigger percentage, right? And I'm going to be able to get tax write-offs so I never pay taxes on that income. Whereas if I'm a business owner, although it's great to have business, unless I'm continually spending money, I'm going to have a tax problem because the more money I make, the more taxes I pay unless I'm spending more money. Mm. So am I a profitable business if I'm constantly spending more and more money on supplies just so I can avoid taxes? When do I ever get to take some of that money for myself and enjoy it? The real estate investor can because they're not even being taxed. And that's why real estate is the most powerful vehicle. Love it. Love it. Um, uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin's been huge this year. Where do you where do you where do you stand with that? Like it, hate it, love it. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> Big fan of Bitcoin, and and the reason why is I, I'm a tax strategist who studies the markets, and I also study the history of taxes, which means I also study the Federal Reserve Act. I was aware of how the IRS was created. I understand the printing of money. I understand mm. conservative cons conservatory easement, and so. What that means to me is, is I want to make sure that I'm hedging for inflation and putting my money in digital currency right now is one way, one way to hedge for inflation outside of just gold and silver. 
Um, and so I'm a big fan of the crypto markets. I think we've seen a lot of companies who've migrated to the crypto markets um, for means to hedge um, for their investments. And uh, it's been working out for a lot of people. The more printing of money that we have, uh, the more assets like cryptocurrency continue to rise. I love that you said that. Um, you know, I've been following crypto for a while since like 2017. And uh, I think everything you said, I, I 100% agree with. And um, there's again, I think, you know, we're like you said, we're printing a lot of money, and uh, I think it's going to be in the long run. It's going to be pretty valuable. So very happy to hear you that you uh, you said that as well. Yeah, and I also want to make sure that people are being mindful <laughs> uh, that crypto is no different than stocks when it comes to capital gains. You sell less than three hundred sixty five days as short term gains. You sell after three hundred sixty five days as long term gains at a max twenty percent. Awesome. Yeah. Is there? Um, is there anything, is there like an underutilized strategy that you can think of that, uh, that people are missing out on? Is there like some kind of stra tax strategy that people are just not using enough? Do you mm -hmm. see that? Yeah. Um, you know, there's tons of underutilized strategies. Um, for the real estate investor, the real estate investor, the most underutilized strategy is the management company. I see so many clients that are running their own real estate investing businesses, and it's great that they're investing in real estate, but you're also managing your own business. That's a second business in itself. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to purchase properties and to acquire real estate. That's acquisitions. That's a whole business in itself. But if you're managing and collecting the rents and hiring people to go fix the toilets, you're running a management company. Why haven't you thought about setting up a management company as well in addition to your investing company and also thinking about placing children on payroll through the management company or taking a home office through the management company or writing off your vehicle through the management company? And so that's a very underutilized strategy for the real estate investor. An underutilized strategy uh, for the small base business owner, I would probably have to say the Augusta rule. The Augusta rule is where you can okay. uh, rent your corporation back to your house for 14 days. Um, a lot of people don't really understand that or why they would want to do uh, the Augusta rule. And outside of that, placing children on payroll. Again, yeah. huge strategy. Uh, just so many business owners have children and they don't even think for a second to throw their children on the website for marketing purposes and to place them on payroll to grow tax-free dollars for their children through a Roth IRA right now. Huge, man. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I know you 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 have some amazing testimonials. Is there any one that like stands out you know in your mind like a, a big one? And I want to say if I recall correctly, there's like somebody where you save like $100,000 or something. I think it was like somebody in real estate. And like yeah. had they not used this strategy, they would have completely missed out on $100,000. Is there anything like that or you can tell the audience of like some some major testimonials where you're like, "Wow, that thank God this guy came to see me." Yeah, there's definitely a a testimonial that has surfaced um, pretty um, pretty greatly throughout the, the marketplace. Um, Carla Dennison Associates, three years ago, we helped a client write off a $1.1 million yacht. I really like, I really like sharing this story um, because you bring up the fact that um, there's influencers who can write off pretty much anything. And I really believe that if you have a good understanding of the tax laws, that you truly can write off almost anything. So we had this client who came to us. She was on the TV show Million Dollar Listings, which is like a TV show for real estate agents who are growing their businesses. And uh, she sells beach, uh, sells real estate, um, beachfront property real estate in Newport Beach, Dana Point. So she came into our office 
threw her tax returns on my table and said, let's see what you can do. When I opened up her tax returns, I saw that she had a notice from the IRS. They were disallowing her vehicle and the IRS was assessing her $1.7 million because the yacht cost her $1.1 million. So she got the tax deduction, but they were charging her penalties and interest fees for the taxes that she was supposed to pay. So she had already went to two or three other CPAs. Keep in mind, guys, I am not a CPA. I'm an enrolled agent, so I just do tax strategy. The CPAs told her that she should have never bought the yacht. It's not a business expense. After going over why she bought the yacht with them, she got extremely frustrated. So she told me why she bought the yacht. She said, Carlton, the reason why I bought the yacht is because my clients like to see their properties that they're thinking of purchasing from the views of the beach. Yeah. I sell beachfront real estate in Crystal Cove, Laguna Beach. The clients I have are high net worth individuals. They don't want to drive around in a car with me. They want a different experience. I host clients weekly. I have a captain that logs all of the members who come in and off of my boat, and I even host a monthly seminar for other real estate agents on my yacht. So she starts showing me some photos on her phone. Uh, she starts sharing with me some of the flyers that have been printed out of the past events that she had. So I had her email everything to me. And then when I went to go visit the IRS auditor, the most important piece of item that I had was the logbook. Uh, that the captain had with all the names of the people who came on and off of the boat and that matched up with the receipts of the expenses when she was spending money on alcohol and different things for the events. Yeah. This, this book that the captain had in combination with her bookkeeping and in combination with code section 162A, what's ordinary and necessary to your business in the pursuit of income, we were able to win that audit for her. Her name is Vanessa. She writes off that yacht on her tax return every single year as depreciation. Wow. That, that is, is definitely major. That is definitely one of my biggest uh, tax stories I like to share with clients because it can immediately wrap your head around what the, law, the tax law is capable of doing for you. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I love the way the story started too. She walks in and, hey, here's some papers. Let's see what you <laughs> Yeah. It was kind of rude the way she yeah. threw those papers at me. Like they kind of fell into my lap a bit. I was like, what's going yeah. on here? She loves um, you. She loves you now, though. <laughs> yeah, she definitely <laughs> refers over tons of clients a year, so I'm happy to take care of her. Hey, um, before we kind of jump into the lightning round of questions, is there is there anything I didn't ask you that you wish I had? Uh, no. Um, other than knowing that um, my company is a family owned business, I'm very prideful in saying that. Um, you know, there's so many people who tell me, Carlton, I call into my CPA's office. I don't know who I'm talking to half the time I'm calling in. It takes forever to get a response back. I send him an email and he sends me an email a month later. I just want to say that <clears throat> I understand um, the level of uh, service um, that a lot of people are looking for after going through a pandemic and how many accountants kind of went cold when people were trying to apply for the PPP loan and the EIPL mm. loan. Um, and so I just want to say to those people, man, there are people out there ready to support you, ready to help your businesses grow, ready to teach you uh, what you have not learned. Um, so don't give up hope. Huge. Thank you. Thank you, brother. We love what you do, man. And you have a, yeah, if anybody goes to the website, you can see, I, I, I was checking it out the other night and I'm like, wow, I didn't realize you had so many family members involved in it. And that it is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready to jump into some lightning round questions? Lightning round it is. Let's go. Here we go, baby. If the old you could see the new you, what would the new you say? What would the new me say to the old me? Yeah. Okay. Or what would the old me say to the new me? 
No, Which what, one? Would, what would the new what would the new you say to the, the, new, the old the old you? Okay, so the new me would tell the old Carlton, sacrifice, man. Sacrifice more. Cause <laughs> I, and I'm very proud of how far I've gotten in my life. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. really feel like I, I'm someone who sacrificed a lot. But if I could, I would have sacrificed even more time. There were so many times where I really um I really engineered some vacations into my youth and those were opportunities that I look back on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I did them. I'm very glad I, I engineered those time periods in, but I look, I look at where I'm at now and I'm just like, dang, what would have happened if Carlton would have sacrificed even more, even yeah. more. So I don't know, should have, could have, what up, but I'm also proud about where I'm at. Yeah. Amazing. What, uh, what are some choices you think that made you who you were that you made you who you are today? Separating myself from friends who didn't serve me. Biggest thing. And moving, moving environments. Um, let's start off with the first one. I had a lot of friends who um, liked to enjoy the weekends, um, who liked uh, to race to 5 o'clock. What are we doing right when we get to 5 o'clock? Where can we go eat? Where, where can we go have a happy hour? Um, when's the next Vegas trip? Um, when's the next time we can all get together and get tipsy? Right? Yeah. Separating myself from those people directly had an impact on my life as I was able to immediately increase my income because I was saving more money and I was more disciplined on my craft. Um, from there, I changed up my environment. I realized I was surrounded by people who didn't serve my purpose either. Um, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people who um, are looking forward to retirement even though they're only 30, 40 years old, people who aren't trying to build and grow things. And so I moved from where I was in Orange County to Newport Beach, which is a more um, – it's just a different part of Orange County where there are way more entrepreneurs, more people um, who are in my age uh, range who are trying to invest and build things. And naturally, I've met new friends who have led to new opportunities and have shaped my mindset. And I look at it as walking around with uh, night vision goggles on during the day. You only can see so much if you have night vision goggles on. Until you start getting out of your comfort zone, changing up your environment is when you can start seeing like you could at night with those night vision goggles. And so that's how I look at it. <laughs> I, love, I love that, man. That is great. What are, I, what are some exciting projects that you're working on right now? Yes. Um, the most exciting thing that I'm working on is I uh, have focused on creating an academy uh, for real estate investors. Um, and part of the reason why is a majority of my clientele are real estate investors. 70% are real estate investors. And then the other 30% are like small base business owners. So people who are sole proprietors, LLC, S Corp, C corporation owners. And a uh, majority of my focus is helping business owners get into rental real estate because there's only so many write-offs for business owners. And so this academy I created called Tax Alchemy Academy will be released in the next two weeks is a training platform for real estate investors and business owners to learn how they can become tax-free through the tax codes. Um, and it's broken down in a very simple format with videos and um, it kind of goes over the history of tax law and shapes your understanding on how you can build wealth in this, this day and age. So that's been a huge focus of ours. Um, and then outside of that, just uh, more online presence. I think uh, we're growing our, yeah. our uh, tax-free living podcast very well. And the YouTube channel has been growing very great. And uh, uh, Instagram, where you and I connected. So super yeah. awesome. Um, hey, for, so for that, uh, the Tax Alchemy um, course – let send me the uh, show notes. Uh, send me the uh, the link and stuff. We'll put that in the show notes. So whoever wants yeah, to join that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll send a yeah. link. You guys will be able to log on, get on the wait list. Uh, that'll be by the time this episode's live. It might even be available by that time. And gosh, look forward to you guys being able to get access to that and learning something that's going to help be meaningful to your families. Yeah, that's going to be great. 
Any, um, is there anybody that you follow in like the financial world? And I'm only saying financial world because that's kind of your, you know, that's your culture scape. That's what you're in right now. But is there anybody, it could be real estate, but is there anybody that you follow or someone who inspires you? You know, and this is probably a popular name, Robert Kiyosaki. Um, he, he inspires me with his mindset. Um, I think there's tons of entrepreneurs out there that are living some of the lifestyles we might want to live, but may not have the mindset or the characteristics um, that we want in that person. Um, and so you, you tend to veer away from them. You're like, uh, maybe this person's not ethical. I don't like the way he carries himself. Yeah. Even though he may have the lifestyle I can see myself living, I just don't like all the things and the way they talk. Robert's different. Uh, Robert's truthful. Um, he's very he's, – he's proven – um, his knowledge um, by showing it in his books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Cash Flow Quadrant, and Rich Dad's Guide to Investing. It's a roadmap of how Robert got himself to financial freedom. He doesn't hold back. Um, and even till today, in his late 60s, early 70s, he's still finding the time to educate people and educate young entrepreneurs uh, to show them the way because the government isn't isn't giving us the, the the key. They're not giving us the roadmap, and they honestly they don't even want us to know the roadmap. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I like people like Robert who um, kind of are these unicorns who are fighting the system and saying, "Hey, this is how it's done. Here's literally the roadmap, and don't get off the horse because I didn't." And so I like him. That's that's cool. You know, there's a lot of people that I I know that they don't really like him. Um, or they think like, yeah, his, some of his ideas, uh, you know, they're okay. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm glad you said that because like you said, when I first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad many, many years ago, my early twenties, it really, like you said, it changed the way I thought about things. And I was never taught that. We're not taught that in school. The government doesn't want you to know about all these, you know, other like tax strategies and things that you can take advantage of for business. And I think early on in my twenties, even though it didn't take me to my thirties, so I started really launching a business. I, that still changed the way I thought and to my trajectory now. You know, you can yeah. see that. So, yeah, I love that you said him. That's cool. Yeah, he's definitely – I know a lot, of, uh, a lot of people who we work with have read his books. And uh, it, it's easier to work with someone who understands how to build wealth because they realize that it's through the tax code. They realize it has to be through the tax code. It's not just as simple as – buying real estate or starting a business. It's like, okay, I have to partner with a tax professional who's going to show me the laws so I can continue to invest in real estate and grow my business. Yeah. You mentioned books, uh, a couple of Kiyosaki's books. Is there any like one to three books that, uh, that impacted you the most in your life, you think, that you could, uh, that you could list for the audience? Yeah. Uh, Why the Rich Are Getting Richer. That's a book by Robert Kiyosaki and his tax accountant, Tom Realwright. It definitely shaped my understanding of the printing of money um, and um, how the banks and the government work together. And so I have a better understanding of why so many people uh, immediately race into getting a house or immediately race into putting money into a 401k and um, may never get to a place where they're never paying taxes. And so this book gives you a very clear understanding of that. Um, I also like the book The Untethered Soul. Um, as someone who's an entrepreneur, uh, I tend to sometimes get stuck in my head um, as I'm trying to uh, push forward with ideas and become the person who I see myself becoming. And The Untethered Soul is just a book about um, be getting in touch with who you are, in touch with your spirituality, in touch with your consciousness um, so you can um, push out the minutia in your head 
and stay focused on what you you know you can focus on and accomplish in your life. Uh, so that book is called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Yeah. Um, very great read. Yeah, um, you're the second person to mention that book. That's a great book. I love it. I yeah. love that book. That's a yeah. book that I would need to read a couple times over and over yeah. again. It's got so many good nuggets in it. So I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that one. Yeah, I've read that book probably three or four times. And then as soon as I was getting ready to go on about a fifth read, uh, Michael Singer came out with The Untethered Soul in Action, which was pretty much like a book to follow that book up so you can actually practice its teachings. Ah. And it's just an incredible listen. Uh, Guys, if you're uh, someone who likes to read books, I also recommend getting the audible version so that way you can listen to the author and hear his ideas. You'll find a lot of value there. Huge. Any... um... Any rituals or hacks that you like to practice? Are there any, like, you know, some people have a gratitude journal. Is there anything that you do on a regular basis? Um, Yeah, and I like to address that too. Um, So when it comes to rituals, every single person has a different ritual. One thing you have to understand is that rituals are, are to you. And so just because someone does rituals and they're making 40 million a year, it doesn't mean that those rituals are gonna make you 40 million a year. Just because someone wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and is able to meditate for 45 minutes straight and you're not able to do that doesn't mean that you're not going to be just as successful in your own way. And so I just want people to understand um, that there's a lot of pressure um, in this world around having to conform to what other people see. I have my own rituals. You should adopt your own rituals because it keeps you disciplined on, on this game of life. Personally, to me, some of my rituals is getting up earlier. I do enjoy waking up earlier because I'm a morning bird and I'm a football athlete at heart. So I had to get up early. And one of the things that I like to do is I like to do the hardest thing first, which is pushing my body to the test. I'll go work out. Mm -hmm. Typically, I'm doing weight training. And then I'll get back and put my my body in a place of of relaxed state. So I'll read uh, a little bit of um, the Bible and then I'll do some meditation and then after that, it's cold shower, food, and I'm ready to hit the day. And at that point in time, yeah. I've handled Carlton for the day. I've gotten Carlton right because everything after that is going to be what is Carlton doing for the business and his employees and his customers. Um, but if you're never in a place where you're getting right with yourself, how can you expect to help other people if you're not helping yourself? And so I just think about that all the time. Um, and it goes back to that whole thing of ritual. You don't have to be a 4 a.m. person, but what is it that you're doing that is atoning to yourself and growing yourself so you can help others. I love that. I love that you said that because there's times when I'm like, you know, I'm trying to be like Eric Thomas, who I think he gets about 3 a.m. I'm like, you know what, E.T., I just, I'm sorry, man. I can't do that every day like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like I have some clients that um, they would never set an alarm before 7 a.m., right? Um, and I have some clients that, that swear by 4 a.m. It's the only way they've ever built their success. Yeah. Um, each of these clients I admire. Each of them I admire. Each of them are successful. Each of them are making millions. So you tell me, does it mean you have to do it? Figure out your path. Understand what, what, what is important to you. And that's why that book, The Untethered Soul, is a very important book. Mm. It helps you get in touch with who you are. What is it that you need to get right with so you can continue to serve yourself and others? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple more questions and we're going to wrap it up. Um, finish. I want you to finish this sentence. You know, 2020 was a tough year, but I always like to reframe stuff. So instead, 2020 was the greatest gift because. Because many entrepreneurs were able to grow their wings. That was why. I saw so many people sitting in nests 
in 2020 and they left the nest for the first time ever. Why did it take a pandemic for you to finally fly? Why? Mm. And God, I'm so happy that it took a pandemic for you to finally fly because now there are other people who are flying with you. And now I can see your trajectory. That is what 2020 did for people. It gave them hope that they can believe in themselves and not be so dependent on the government and relying on their employer. I need to figure it out for myself. I have the family. I have to pay the rent. How am I going to do it? I need to market my services. I need to get online. I need to start the podcast. I need to film the video. I need to do the drop shipping. There are so many people who spread their wings. So 2020 was the year of takeoff. <laughs> yes. God, I, I, uh, man, I love your passion, brother. You show up all the time. Um, and that's, I think, why we connected. I, I love it. I want to acknowledge you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Last but not least, where can people find you? Oh, at Carlton Dennis with a K, K-A-R-L-T-O-N. Last name is Dennis with two N's. I'm everywhere. You can put me on Google. Uh, you search my Forbes articles, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, um, CarltonDennis.com. Um, guys, I, I'm looking forward to connecting you on any platform that you feel comfortable connecting on. Um, I just happen to be on Instagram the most. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Yeah. Right on, brother. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Joel. Thank you. you for the time. Awesome. Till next one. Well, what'd you guys think? Did you guys get something out of that? How powerful was that? Carlton Dennis dropping knowledge in the tax arena. This guy, I, I love him, man. He is just raw, 110% energy, passion, love, and he delivers. I can't wait to work with this guy in the future. The bottom line is if you want to be the one, the top 1% in your industry and whatever your craft is or field, you better know how to leverage taxes in your advantage. Because if you're not, you're losing. <laughs> you're losing big. And this is the guy that can take you to the next level. Um, last but not least, I mentioned it earlier in the show. If you're, I'm looking for, I'm looking for some alpha males out there that want to lose weight. I'm looking for some guys that want to take it to the next level and they want to be their highest version of themselves. And you're just not cutting it for whatever reason. I want to connect with you. I want to know why, and I want to get you to that next level. Like I said, when you are living at your highest self, guys. When you lose that weight, you're more confident, you have more self-esteem, and you go out and you do more in the world. And that's what it's all about, man. That's what I'm all about. And I know that's what you're all about. So if that's you and it resonates, you need to DM me, Joel Evan Coaching, on Instagram. Or you can just reach out to me, go to my website, and you can connect with me there. Or you can email me, info at joelevancoaching.com. And I would love to connect with you guys there. That's all I got, man. Peace out. Go out and make amazingness happen in the world. Go out and crush it and live a better day. That's all I got. I'm out. <laughs>